Esports is one of the fastest growing industries in the world. And this is the podcast where we talk all things branding, marketing, sponsorship, and events. I'm Rebecca Langawa, founder of Happy Warrior, and I'm an esports brand builder and strategist. Join me as I discuss the world of marketing and esports with some of the top experts in the industry. Welcome to the future marketing in esports. everybody. Rebecca Langawa, host of the future marketing and esports. And today I'm pleased to have a guest with me, Mark Josie, who's the CEO of the Kansas City Pioneers. Welcome, Mark. There. How are you? I'm wonderful. So the Pioneers started in 2019, about a, a year before the, the pandemic hit. And since then, even even during COVID, you guys have really expanded like the number of teams you have walk through a little bit about like, like how you guys came together as a team and end that and that growth trajectory for me. Yeah, no, so that's absolutely right. So founded in 2019, I think we started with here in Kansas City, we had like the 2017 Madden champion, which is really cool. I was making a ridiculous belt gesture like WWF or something. But yeah, so we started uh, in terms of like pro sports, like that Rocket League was next. Then we went into Halo. Now we're in Valorant, Call of Duty and Gears. So, you know, from there, uh, 2019 to now, it's it's definitely exploded, right? So um, it really started with like the Midwest being underserved in esports. So um, I'm also a partner at a marketing agency. And so we met a um, talented young man named Lorenzo Brown, who had an idea that said, hey, not only is the Midwest underserved, but there's not a lot of people as a young black man that look like me in a leadership position that really care about their community, representing their community in which they serve. And so our agency said, hey, we should tell this story. And then it quickly went to like, whoa, we should really like do this because there's something more than just like, let's you know try to amplify this message. And so and we quickly rallied around that strategy of going like, how do we build you know, a tier one org in the Midwest in Kansas City? And use our platform to, you know, champion diversity, equity, inclusion, you know, entertainment, lifestyle, brand, kind of the traditional esports and gaming. And then along the way, I think we're just really fortunate to pick up smart, talented people that believed in the vision and mission. And here we are today. That's awesome. And like, so you personally, you you have an advertising background? Yeah, so I'm uh, a partner in a um, marketing agency where, like, we're terrible at SEO or websites, but we're really good at making you know commercial content all the way down to social media content, strategy, um, branding, etc. And so that's been actually pretty critical and and uh, very helpful in you know uh, launching this Kansas City Pioneership because you know we at Social Apex, which is our marketing agency you know, the, the, the vision there is connecting to the modern consumer, right? So we know that people want what they want, how they want, when they want it, right? We know that, you know, in terms of like brands we're looking for, uh, it's went from like millennial to Gen Z and now it's gamer. So we were super prepared, like working with challenger brands, CPG sports teams on that side, uh, which really made obviously a difference here or hopefully uh, a, a visual uh, compelling difference here at the Pioneers. That's awesome. And and so you're still running the agency at the same time running your pro esports organization. How how are you working with 
and, and actually tell me about the types of clients that, that your marketing team works with that are outside of esports. Yeah. So all of my time is dedicated uh, to the pioneers for sure, but we have a managing partner on the other side. But <clears throat> so like, for example, our marketing agency has worked with the Negro Leagues Museum, which is here, the American Jazz Museum, Sporting Kansas City, which is our professional major league soccer team. So that's kind of the caliber plus like, you know, some traditional CPG brands. And yeah, so that's kind of what we do on the social apex side, which is great. Right. And so that translates over to now like the pioneers. So, so making, you know, content for our team, making, you know, like when we launched the Sporting Kansas City partnership recently, which was, you know, I, I think in North America for sure, but one of the first like, you know, major league soccer teams and an esports org that kind of came together to create new experiences for fans and players and uh, et cetera. We used our marketing agency, right. To, to film like an insane, you know, we flew in one of our call of duty players on the pioneer side They, you know, sporting Kansas city had their MLS player. And then they also brought some of uh, one of their pro players as well. So it was really neat in the middle of the field, but anyways, right. Making really high produced engaging content has been uh, really helpful um, on both sides. So awesome. Are you finding any crossover between your marketing agency clients and the brands that are kind of partnering and sponsoring the pioneers? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think one of our strategies at the Pioneers was to bring very early on was to bring on endemic brands into the space. And so um, one of our first, like <laughs> we our running joke is like we didn't jump on the bandwagon of being sponsored by like Larry's used mattress farm or something, you know what I mean? So we were very um, deliberate about who protecting the integrity of our brand early on and really having this mission of like, hey, we're building something that's not hyperbolic that will be here in 50 years, right? So to do that, you have to you know make certain decisions. But bringing non-endemic brands into the space, absolutely. So you think about you know actually making co-branded content, making uh, white label content for them to reach their you know uh, different different um, demographics and segments, and then uh, you know just collaborating on the strategy and and has been really helpful as well. So yeah, we we see a lot of crossover to where it's like we need you know content, we need to kind of understand the gamer, we need to understand streaming a little bit more, we need to understand like what does it look like and sound like to be involved in esports. So I think one of the things we're really good to do was that over. Overlap in that Venn diagram has helped pull people into esports and gaming. So, yeah, yeah. What what are you hearing typically from from your partners in, in regards to what success looks like for them in, in esports? Like, what are the common kind of goals and objectives of the clients that you guys are working with, or part, brand partners you're working with? Mm -hmm. I, some of them are just the typical, like, hey, talk to me about reach and engagement, and your typical like KPIs. But it's it's more of like. I think it's like if we we do a better job on the front end to go like, hey, these are really like stickier like relationships that you can have if you do it in a really like authentic way, you know. So it's a lot of data driven. Like, hey, um, you know, streaming is another one where it's like, hey, what kind of tools do we have to understand streams and drops and all these good things? And and so I think it's a mixture of like traditional you know KPIs, key performance indicators that you know normal brands and agencies would discuss, and then also a little bit more about you know the long play and the authenticity that goes into it, and then the transparency, which is a little different, I think, for some folks, and then and then also um, different ways to reach them. So we we have a lot of conversations about that for sure. Yeah, I feel like a lot of brands that I've been talking to lately, they're not necessarily super keen on just like having a logo on a jersey or on a Twitch stream. Like they really want unique 
content? What are some of the ways you guys are developing some of that that unique content and storytelling? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Where it's like, hey, the traditional slap a logo on, you know, white space to to make it interesting is is great, but it's all about creating experiences through storytelling. So I think it's, you know, larger campaigns versus like, hey, let's make a banger video. That's great, right? Like, how does it pull through to a larger narrative? How does it integrate into your traditional marketing campaigns is is really something from a strategy perspective. And then a really great example for us would be, you know, DoorDash. Like we could have easily just, um, you know, I'd be a terrible weather person. I think it's up here, but like, right. Like we could just say, Hey, it's on, it's, yeah, yeah, it's on our Jersey. Like, isn't this awesome? It was really understanding in-app experiences, creating, you know, experiences outside of esports and gaming, bringing, you know, some of the, you know, creative focuses of esports into their brand. Like as an example, the rocket league car driving up and like, ordering or whatever, which is really, really cool or seeing some of our content and app when you're, when you're scrolling is really cool. So yeah, I think those are, those are different ways. And, and, and like I said, also just like white labeling to say, Hey, we can make some really good, you know, assets that make sense for y'all to, to use in your traditional marketing campaign that doesn't have to have like a logo of the pioneer stamped on it too. So, so I think that that's pretty unique. Yeah, that's awesome. DoorDash is, it just feels like a natural fit for the the fan demographic as well, right? Like the way that the audience is born digital, always digital, using their phones. Are there are there other verticals that, that you really feel are going to be kind of next? Because DoorDash is kind of new, new to this space. Are there other types of, you know, really high-end tech that you think are going to be kind of coming into the space? Yeah, absolutely. I think we're seeing it with crypto and fintech, right? Like um, with the disposable income um, that, you know, the younger segment has, and obviously it varies by sport, but we're, we're seeing a lot of like, hey, how do we reach those folks? How do we understand about financial literacy? I think we have a lot of conversations about that to, to different potential partners and in that segment and that vertical. And then also obviously like crypto and NFTs, right? Just like a way to you know, not just monetize, but just to kind of own and be a part of something different and bigger than than yourself is is pretty interesting. So I, I think we're, you know, I think I was like, you know, TSM and FTX, right? You're seeing like crypto getting into the space, a lot of NFTs. And then I also think like health and wellness will be something that will will really is important. Like I know for us, for example, we have a cognitive performance coach for our players, which beyond traditional coaches, beyond like, you know, health and wellness, but I I think that there's an opportunity to engage in that segment deeper and wider as well. So those are the three things that I would look for, for sure. Yeah, I completely agree. And on health and wellness too, it just seems like a natural progression because if you look at some of the first brands that are, you know, that have come into esports and, and putting together partnerships and getting in front of fans, they're, they're traditionally the brands that aren't super healthy, but they, but they spend a lot in kind of, you know, risky places, you know, like looking at the energy drinks and the snack foods. And I think what happened was mainstream and brands and, and even the perception of people who aren't necessarily in the space, but see the space, they start to look at gamers as a whole as being unhealthy and, and really liking these unhealthy things. But 
you know, those are just the types of brands that are usually throwing a ton of money into new spaces like, you know, boxing and MMA and, and, you know, the kind of like the, the high performance sports that are non-traditional. You see a lot of those brands come in first, but when you talk to gamers, when you really talk to the, to the audience and the players and streamers, that's not necessarily how they identify themselves. Right. Like, there's been research done saying that they really like water as like their first choice in terms of what they would want to drink. And, and they like things that are easy to, to prepare and make themselves, but also something that is good for them and, and healthy. So I feel like it's a natural progression into, into health and wellness. And then to even go deeper on health and wellness on the service side, I mean, even being at esports business summit this last week, I was having a lot of conversations with people that are coming into the space from the outside, from like traditional sports psychology or physical therapy and trying to, you know, really penetrate the esports ecosystem and bring that level of service and thought leadership into the space as well. So I think it goes, it goes beyond what you put in your body. It's also like how, you know, the spiritual and mental and, and in physicality as well. Oh, absolutely. I, I think I mentioned that we have a cognitive performance coach. I mean, he's getting his PhD, right? And and that kind of cognitive performance realm. We're also partnered with the University of Kansas, which is doing a white paper on like how gamers like really engage and what's the longevity look like, you know, past like, you know, just, you know, do your stretches and don't sit down, like some obvious intuitive things, right? But like more of like, you know, what is critical flicker frequency look like and fast twitch muscle fibers and, you know, what is, you know, staring at a screen, which is obviously pretty intuitive. But yeah, I, I think you're right. Like going back a little bit, like it's it's just this evolution of, it's probably just understanding from a brand perspective, the non-endemic space is like, that's not who the gamer is, right? Like it's understanding the end user better and doing that as partnering more with like, you know, the orgs themselves, right? Versus maybe just influencers that have like a, you know, vested interest to go, sure, it's the greatest thing ever. It's like, well, maybe it's not because you're incented to do it, right? Versus like, no, this is like, this is what our players want. This is what our streamers want. This is what our fans want. This is very authentic. And you're seeing the shift in, you know, people dumping, uh, you know, again, brands dumping a ton of money still in like TV and like OTT and stuff. And that's, and that's great. But it's like you're missing where to reach them and you're missing like experiences and you're missing really just being like authentic. And and it goes back to that, like, yeah, like we're, you know, gamers are not just chilling in their basement, you know, smashing terrible food and, and drinking, you know, insert energy drink, right? <laughs> just just copious amounts and, and not getting sleep. It's like it's the shift of people understanding to perform at a high level as an elite. You have to treat like you have to treat that is a serious job, right? Like there's, right. there's ramifications of not getting sleep and not drinking water and not doing exercises and not, you know, figuring out what flow looks like and being present. So yeah, I, I think that's a super exciting space for sure. And where are your players right now? Do you have them kind of scattered all over or are they in Kansas City? No, they're everywhere. So we have players all over North America. A couple of our team uh, members on the creative side are in Eastern Europe and Europe and Asia. So yeah, we have, there's about a hundred of us and we're, I would say there's probably like 15-ish in Kansas City, only one pro. Uh, And then everybody else is dispersed everywhere. Do you envision having people come together and 
and um, living and working out of Kansas City in the future? Or are you just going to be a little bit more, you know, free with where your athletes want to live? Yeah, you know, like traditionally, it's like you look for the 100 Thieves, you know, cash app compound as like the, you know, star in the sky or, you know, V1 and, and, uh, you know, Minnesota rockers and the Vikings, right? Um, So that's been really interesting. But the fact that we started in the middle of, you know, kind of COVID was like, huh, like it just challenges you to start thinking about like, well, is that something that you need all the time? Is that something that's really resonates with your your players? We certainly have been boot camping our teams, right? Meaning like we fly them in, they get to experience Kansas City. If they haven't been here, most of them haven't. So he or she can, you know, see Kansas City, engage with some of our, you know, sponsors and partners, of course, like, and then more importantly, like spend time with each other and, and play yeah. real. So that will always happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but it is interesting to think about like remote work, physical space, et cetera. But yeah, I mean, I, I think in the future as we grow and scale, that's that's probably pulling more fans in, different kind of experiences. So for sure. That's yeah. Map. And, and I'd love to talk about fans and fan experiences and, and live events starting in the middle of COVID. Have you had an opportunity to do any type of live events or put together physical watch parties or or any of the like? today? Yeah. I mean, we've had like a watch party for Rocket League and for Halo and stuff. So that's cool. Obviously not remotely close to the environment of a land. So we're very excited. Uh, we'll be in Raleigh, North Carolina for the for the Halo Invitational HCS. So that will be the real first official one uh, that, that we'll be in. So we're really excited. So beyond boot camps and getting a few people together, but like obviously precautions and, and you know, being safe has, has really, um, as everyone knows, kind of transcended like getting together so yeah the first one's coming up in like um, i don't know like six weeks or whatever yeah yeah when's the date of the raleigh event i think it's like i should definitely know this i want to say it's like december 18th i should know i'm gonna know top of my, yeah so are, they, december. are they allowing fans to come into that space or will your will the competition happen all together and then have it presented to fans just digitally do you know it's both yeah so yeah they limited i know it's sold out like and very quickly like so team passes vip passes general admission it's all sold out so yeah so it's not going to be like this you know hundred thousand people or two hundred thousand people but um yeah it's a good it's a good integration for sure i mean i think they've had a couple of like cdl right um we're just in cdl you know but yeah other than that this will be the first kind of larger more inclusive one yeah and i think the what was it the the iceland valorant oh yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. but i don't think fans were allowed in no it was more bubbly right yeah i think it was the same thing with we were in rainbow six for a while and i know they were in a bubble for a minute so but i think the production quality that experience the, the it it feels it definitely feels more genuine right? Than just having people kind of all over and not sitting all together. I thought, I thought the highlights, at least from Iceland with the, each team doing their little walkout, fun little, it just, it just created a, like a higher energy level. Yeah. Well, I think it's a little bit different of saying like, oh, the land is canceled and we have to like scramble to figure out what to do versus like, you know, fortunately, or I mean, unfortunately for sure, because of COVID, it's really challenged to go like, 
how do you engage with fans? How do you, you know, create experiences? How do you reach them in new, interesting ways? You're seeing more storytelling with the teams and the players, which is fantastic, right? And you're seeing more rivalries, which is really great. And so I think pulling on those threads is just great in general for 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 sports because like that's one of the best things about esports, right? Like you can connect to your fans in a very exclusive way that traditional athletes don't get to do, right? Like, which is mm-hmm. some of the reason why, like, I mean, we have like a Wimbledon, uh, two-time Wimbledon champ. We have a uh, you know, gold medalist. We have like three Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl. And they all are incredible athletes. And it's so different of how they engage their fans and how they're able to just jump on and provide experiences. So, you know, kind of got off the path there, but I would say like you're spot on, which is like, it would be one thing to go like, oh, I guess we'll do some drops and there's some exclusive things. But like, if you already know going into it, that like we've had some practice and it's like, yeah, I think it's incredible to, to really start doing more storytelling to get more rivalries to understand a little bit more about, you know, what it looks like. And then there's just so many interesting things to start thinking about, right? Like how does AI and big data relate to that? Like as a fan and some of the things that you get beyond just the drops, right? Um, So, so that will continue to evolve. So where you're just like, oh, right. It's one thing to have like experiences in the chair and, you know, the smell in the air and, you know, whatever, right you know, haptic feedback or whatever. It's another thing to say like, oh, like I walk in, my favorite character's Jet, like that Jet tells me to do something, you know, at the next Valorant thing, so whatever. And then I can get an NFT and then my token allows me to do this. So there's so many, you know, more things than kind of what we saw in lands maybe like two years ago, which is like, come watch the event and it's awesome. Right. How have you guys been um, engaging with your fans and really growing your fan base? Do you have any specific tactics you would share? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's one we've partnered with our traditional athletes, which has been really interesting. So just giving our esports folks maybe access to traditional athletes that they haven't found. And that's in, you know, whether it's the sporting Kansas city guys, um, who are obviously elite major league soccer athletes jumping in with like, you know, um, two of our call of duty guys that have both like been champions in the CDL, which is really funny. So I think it's making interesting content, juxtaposing some really interesting things. And then of course it's like, you know, the traditional things where it's like, it's drops and here's new kind of merch. We've, we've like stepped up some of our campaigns to do more interesting things. But, but I think that, you know, um, and then just providing more content to go deeper and wider with that kind of storytelling that we talked about, I think is, is, you know, pretty like a great start. (laughs) Yeah. Early in our conversation, you mentioned, you know, DEI being really important to you as an organization. In what ways are you guys championing the the DEI movement? Yeah, absolutely. I think it goes from one, like making sure that our, whether it's our investors, whether it's our sponsors, whether it's our leaders, that we all look like the community in which we serve, right? So, so we got a very eclectic group there from the cap table all the way down to like, you know, managers and leadership positions or whatever. So like internally, that's important too. Uh, again, from a sponsor perspective, like champion people that really care about the same thing, which is great. And then three, it's um, insider sports. It's uh, we're really proud last year. We, we were one of the first larger orgs to jump in the WCBC, which is like, uh, the exclusive women's version of Rocket League. And so that was really neat to say like, hey, that's the equity component to where it's like, hey, let's make sure that we're providing the same resources like coaches and training and branding and storytelling and content and, you know, whatever, right? And it's great because this season we've already heard that like all like 
more larger orgs are coming in to do the exact same thing. And that's what change looks like, right? So we're really excited about that. And then I think the the other thing would be like working within our community. So we've partnered with like the Boys and Girls Club here. We partnered with like Generation Esports. Like we just did we just helped build a uh, gaming center, which was really cool at the Boys and Girls Club. So they got like 10 PCs and, you know, we've got some content coming and, you know, some of our folks will be there, but it's just like, you know, whether it's small, big ripples or, you know, just very localized thing, like we we definitely care to, to about the community in which we serve. We look like the community in which we serve. We're involved in initiatives that really champion that. And so that's something we're definitely proud of. Awesome. What are some other things that, that you're excited about? What's on the horizon? What can you, you know, what would you like to share? Yeah, I think the the land is the first thing, which, you know, date, I did not know, I, I, LOL. But yeah, I think lands coming back are very exciting. I think, you know, Rocket League for us has started back up. Gears of War has started. So everything seems like it's starting for us. So so that that's really exciting. So that's number one. And then I, I think we'll have some really, we're working on some interesting partnerships to continue to, I'll just say, to continue to merge the traditional sports and athletes into the gaming space. So Mm -hmm. that's really exciting for us. Yeah. With titles like Madden, do you see that being um, a really natural integration and progression? Yeah. Well, I, yes and no also, because like what what I think is interesting, much like kind of that misnomer of like, Oh, um, you know, gamers and, and, you know, esports athletes all want to sit and eat terrible food and don't do anything. It's very similar to where it's like, Hey, our spark, our partnership with sporting Kansas city, like, they all don't play FIFA, you know what I mean? Just because they do it traditionally. And, and like, same way with, uh, you know, our football guys, like they don't like, I mean, they, of course they play Madden and they care about it, but like, if you ask them, you know, if you just woke them up in the middle of the night and said, what do you mean? It's probably like call of duty or Valorant or something. Right. So, but there is really interesting ways that we can integrate the traditional sport and the traditional, like, you know, with the publisher in the game, and then also pull through with the fans to go like, Hey, it's like super exciting to integrate, you know, whether it's like switching to keyboard and mouse for, for console players that are pros on our team and have them playing against the pros. But yeah, it makes it pretty simple to start pulling through and, and everyone's been really great to, you know, to be genuine, let their guard down and like, you know, be gamers, which is what they are, which is insane, you know, which is great. Right. Awesome. So if anyone wanted to connect with you, either from, you know, a brand partnership Aside to, to talk about partnering with pioneers or you know, just wanting to learn more about about you as an org or or follow you personally how can they how can they reach you how can they find you absolutely pioneers tg on most every social i believe and uh and me it's just my name mark josie nothing clever there <laughs> well you have a cool you have a unique name so you don't you, have, you don't get, you don't got to get crazy with it that's right so awesome well thanks so much for for coming on and, and sharing some insights about your teams um and some of those tactics that you guys are are leveraging and where you're finding success i i appreciate you coming on awesome thanks for having me thanks mark we'll talk again soon